Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Spartans. It is Thursday, August 13th, the year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, not currently joined by my co-host, Matt Sheehan. He'll be here in just a second. This is a bonus episode for you guys. Uh, We've been doing a ton on college football and the cancellation of the Big Ten season. It's been dominating the headlines, the storylines, and that's what we've been talking about. But we're going to throw a curveball here at you, pun intended. Uh, Matt was able to be joined by the only Michigan State Spartan playing in Major League Baseball right now, a pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, Anthony Misevich. Anthony uh, made his MLB debut not too long ago, and like I said, it's the only Spartan in Major League Baseball right now pitching for the Seattle Mariners out west. So he was kind enough to make some time for Matt, and they just talk about his time uh, at MSU's journey, playing in the big leagues, and a bunch of stuff along those lines. Uh, Good interview, fun interview. Looking forward to you guys hearing that, and I don't think I need to waste any more time. Let's jump right into Matt's interview with Seattle Mariners pitcher Anthony Misevich. I am now generously joined by current Seattle Mariners pitcher, former Michigan State Spartans pitcher. Now, I'm going to take a stab at this name right here. I usually ask our guests how to pronounce their names before we go, but I'm going to go for it right now, live. Anthony Michowitz? How, okay, how close is I in the last name? Uh, you're, actually, you're closer than most people, honestly, man. I'll tell you what. It's actually it's Misevich. But oh, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. It's really close. All right. Okay, you know what? I, I'm not going to feel too bad about that, I guess, because tricky last name, but okay, Misevich, Misevich. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Don't worry. Uh, the Houston Nationals got it wrong the second time I went out, so we're still working <laughs> gotcha. on clarifying this at the big league level as well. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, just let's just jump right into that. So July 4th, you made your MLB debut to become the 40th Spartan to play in the MLB. That's after being an 18th round pick, Michigan State grad. I got to ask right at the top, what made your stomach drop more? Getting the call that you're on the big league roster or getting the call from the bullpen that, uh, you know what, it's time to step on the mound. Uh, Step right up, Anthony. Uh, I think think getting out to the mound, you know, getting my name called um, in that first game, you know, opening opening day, a little delayed, but still getting that call, you know, your your stomach always drops to your feet. So I think it was a little more then than it was getting the opening day roster spot, so. And when you do, like, finally toe the rubber, are, are you dialed in or, like, are you kind of, like, blacking out in the moment there? Like, what, what's, that, what's that like for your first MLB batter? I, I just have to know what that feeling's like. Well, honestly, I kind of look back at film. I honestly did black out, but, uh, okay. you know, I look back at film, and I don't think I actually took one breath. I'm pretty sure I <laughs> held my breath the whole time. I was huffing and puffing, but, um, yeah, man, it kind of just kind of just blacked out. You know, once I got my toe in the rubber and I saw the first, the first sign down and um, you know, the rest is history. So it was awesome. I couldn't, I couldn't believe I got to call that first night. So it was something special. Dude, I don't blame you. I mean, even going back to varsity baseball, there are times I was on the mound, I didn't even breathe. I can't imagine being a, a, an MLB pitcher and, and trying to do the same thing, man. That's good for you. But just to like go back to the green and white days back in East Lansing, you left for the draft after your junior year. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Three years. Now, how tough of a decision was that to leave after your junior year and not come back for your senior year? Or was it a pretty cut and dry decision on your end? Yeah, I think it was on my end. It was, you know, it was pretty much I was going to go. I thought I had a good shot to get picked at, um, you know, really any number, any uh, round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we sat down with Coach Boss and all the guys, all the coaches, and 
we kind of discussed, the, you know, the pros and cons. But I think at the end of the day, I was kind of set on just going to the draft and seeing how my how my uh, luck rolled on that, and it actually worked out for my favor. So. For sure. And so like when drafting rolls around, because, you know, I guess the two most popular sports for drafts is obviously NBA and NFL and NFL is seven rounds. NBA is only two rounds. And that even seems stressful. Like MLB has roughly 4,000 rounds, it seems like. So from a player's perspective, what, what is that like as you're swimming in all these rounds and going through everything here and probably a lot of stuff, from a lot of teams, just what was that like from your vantage point back in 2015? Oh man, it was tough. I was actually, uh, I flew out to the Cape because I had a temporary contract with uh, the Katua Cataliers. So okay. I was out there. You know, once the first day passes, you know, you're kind of nervous. And then once that second day passed, I was kind of – I was almost really doubtful myself of getting picked up by anybody. So it was more like cold feet, sweaty palms, like that kind of ordeal. Um, but, you know, when that third day finally rolled around, I got my name called. It was like I could throw up. That's how happy, happy I was. Right. But, that is- you know, once those first few days passed, guys are going through, man, it's it's – it's kind of panic mode for most guys, and I'd say myself too. But it was just the, the biggest stress reliever in the world to get that, that phone call. Oh, I thought, well, is this also something that you kind of figured that would happen when you came to state? Because I guess, like, Big Ten, Big Ten baseball is mightily impressive, of course. But, like, it's different than SEC baseball in a way when it kind of, like, everyone gets south or everyone down south. I feel like draft is on the radar. Was that the same for you even at an up north school like Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole okay. reason I picked Michigan State, man. Big gotcha. Ten school, I thought it was pretty good baseball, and I'll speak for Big Ten itself, man. It was really good baseball, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I was attending there. You know, there were some really good games. We we had a really solid squad, so I thought, I thought you know, Big Ten gets a bad rep, but there's some pretty good ball being played up there. And so and this is the broadest question I have about the MSU days, but, like, what were some of your best moments just for, for you personally as a Spartan? Uh, I think my freshman year, I got, the, I got a Sunday start against Purdue. And I, I think I threw seven innings, gave up a run or two, um, but all over just a, a quality start. And I think that was probably one of the best best times I had. And I actually did get a save in Greenville when we were down there in February. So those two moments really stick out for me. Um, just kind of two different roles, two different aspects of the game, you know, starting the game and going seven innings and then closing the game out in the final inning. So, you know, I'm playing more of a bullpen run now, role now, and it's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. I was going to say, you, you like that transition to the bullpen? Yeah, I, I, I think I prefer one over seven innings. A little bit easier sure. to manage on the body and arm and mind. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a different feel. You know, a couple of guys were talking about today in the bullpen, like the, the aspects, the starting of, as, of coming out of the bullpen. It's, it's kind of cool to do both of them. I'm glad I'm doing what I like more at the, at the big league level now. And before we even get to the big leagues, we just got to bring up one outing that happened last year at AAA Tacoma. I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, you had a no-hitter going through eight innings, but were pulled after 116 pitches. How often do you think about that game even today? And what do you remember from, from that outing? Yeah, um, it's funny. We, were, we actually talked about that the other day, too. Oh, nice. uh, you know, it was yeah, – I kind of think about it really often. Not too many guys experience that, and especially watching, um, you know, getting back into baseball and having it back on TV and having it back in my life. Um, it's hard, man. I can't believe I can't believe I got through those eight innings with no hits and overall solid baseball. But uh, it does come back quite often when I see the stars out there and they're they're doing really good. So you know, if I if I could have got ten more pitches or didn't a little bit shorter amount, I think I would have got them. But um, it's yeah, it was probably one of the greatest times I've had playing baseball, man. I know my family was there from Canada, so I got experience with with uh, them. So it was super special. 
Were you close to convincing your coach to go back out from the ninth inning at all, or was that pretty much? I, a, I pleaded the case. No. I, oh man, I pleaded the case for about the whole half inning we were hitting, you know. <laughs> um, but by that time, they already were there on the owner with the the pitching coordinators and all the coaches up top. So they kind of knew they were going, but I thought I could still swing some hope in there, at least send me back out and get a hitter. But unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get back out there. But we got the win, so I'll take that. Yeah, I got the win. Eight innings of uh, no hit ball in professional baseball, triple A. I'll take it. Not a bad consolation, all things considered, honestly. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. It's one, or, it's one or the other, so I think I'll take that. <laughs> so, after about, like, what, I think it'd be four years in the minors for you before the season happened, like, spring training happens, you get sent down, but I think not long after you get sent back up, if I'm getting the story correctly here. Can you just bring us through what you're going through mentally during that kind of roller coaster? Uh, yeah, so, you know, just being my first time in uh, big league camp, kind of really getting an opportunity to try and break with the club out of spring training. I thought I did everything right in the off season coming in. And to get sent down, you know, before we were actually sent home uh, due to coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, I was I was really upset, man, because I knew I still had a shot. But what mm-hmm. they told me was, you know, we, we think your stuff's good. We just don't think you're ready for the big leagues yet. So that kind of gave me more uh, – more fuel in my fire in those three months in quarantine. I kind of just, I worked my tail off every day, getting outside, lifting weights and, you know, throwing in my net and, and, you know, thank God it paid off. You know, I did make the opening day roster. So it was, it was definitely a, a crushing blow at first, but to come back and, you know, make sure I was really ready and to tell me I was ready for the big leagues was just so much more satisfying. That's why I think um, getting out there for my first appearance was a little more nervous than getting the actual opening day roster, you know, because, sure. I did work my tail off to get to that spot. So it's, uh, you know, you don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise, but because everything that's happened, but, you know, if that doesn't happen, maybe I'm not in the position I am, but you just got to keep right working now. for it and just, you know. So it really was the three months between spring training and quarantine where you were kind of in limbo to be on the roster that it wasn't like, oh, hey, when we come back to baseball, you'll be on the roster. It really was like the whole three months, essentially. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Brutal. I knew they had they had <laughs> some guys sucks. that were a lot, but the whole time it was like you, we didn't know who was on the forty man, who was going um, to the taxi squad. So it was kind of just like everybody keep working, and then we'll let you know when we get close. And I, I think I either I saw it in a video, I read an article that your first call back home after you did get called up uh, was you, you called your brother. So I like, what's that? phone call like are you guys just screaming at each other in celebration is it an emotional call or, or what's that like first contact with a family member after you get the call up to the bigs well i think it was uh i forget what time it was yeah i know it was a later game so it was probably about eleven thirty here i know i was the last guy to pitch mm-hmm. so it was probably about two thirty, three o'clock there and he was honestly half asleep so i had to i had to call him and he really like couldn't comprehend at the moment so then i called my mom and she was dead asleep so she she was like trying to comprehend and I called my brother back and then he was, uh, he finally woke up. So we were just, we we're kind of going back and forth, you know, how hard I worked and, you know, everything we've been through to get to this point. So it was kind of just, it was almost more of a relief call than like kind of telling them, you know, gotcha. like yeah. we finally got here, but my mom called the next day and she was a little bit more excited than, uh, the two thirty AM <laughs> call. So she was yeah, more ecstatic sure. than I could imagine. All right, we'll be right back with the second segment of today's show. Second and final segment, just two segments here on the uh, the bonus pod of Matt's interview. Part two of Matt's interview with Seattle Mariners pitcher Anthony Masevich. And th- there was a video that I saw too, and I think it was a lot of your family members that were giving you a congratulations video call that you got to watch uh, right outside the dugout, it looked like, or right outside the clubhouse. 
over in Seattle. And I, I now who was it that said, uh, quote, it's about time, just pitch good, throw strikes, and don't hit them. Do what you do naturally. So that do you was, that quote? That's my loving mother right there. Okay, gotcha. That's honestly uh, A-plus advice, first of all. But second of all, like, what, what kind of a sports parent was she like when you were going through, even before minor league ball and college ball, like even just through like travel ball and high school ball? What, what kind of a sports parent was she like? I, her and my dad were at every single game, man. My dad would work gotcha. on the field before, and she would always have the snacks and the water, the Gatorades, um, you know, the enticing special prizes if I got a hit or a strikeout. But she was at every game, man. They, they sacrificed a lot for me to get here. And to do what I do now and get paid for it the way I do is, you know, it's more of a, a testament to them and my upbringing, you know, because without them, I don't think I'm in the position. I know I'm not in the position I am in now. So she was, and she's still in it. You know, she said it's about time. And I told her it's about time I got here. So I thought that was sure. the funniest thing of all. No, I, I left too watching that. <laughs> That's about time you made it. So, no, that's got to be a good feeling. Uh, do you think uh, Joe Kelly could use your mom's don't hit him advice before he faced the Astros? Uh, no, I actually, I like Joe okay. Kelly's. I like that uh, that whole sequence right there, that whole aspect of what everything that happened. But oh, that was a plus. I don't think yeah. he take her advice. I think he should. He should win him a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's funny, man. Uh, you know, they they'll have one coming to him from from the Mariners for sure. But not anytime soon. For sure. And I mean, actually, this transitions right into the Astros comment. So you, I think at this point in time of recording, you've pitched about four and uh, one third inning. But you've also struck out guys like Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, the Athletics, Matt Olson. Like, th- those are stars. And as a, a baseball fan, I'm just over here thinking, like, damn, that's something I would never, ever forget. And anyone I ever talk to, like children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, like, I would always bring up to them that I struck out Correa, Altuve, Olson, but like you're the actual pro here. So do you appreciate striking out those guys a little more than usual, or is it just business as usual from your end? Uh, you know, it's business as usual, man. Okay. It's, um, you know, whoever steps in that box, you know, it could be Mike Trout. It could be Rendon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I look at it, they're trying to take my paycheck. So I'm going to give it, and I'm going to go balls to the wall every single pitch. I'm going to give them the best I have. So it feels good once it happens. Um, you know, I love, I love patting the stats in the strikeout column, but, you know, it, it can be anybody, but when it comes to the end of the day, I know my stuff is going to be better than theirs. So just keep attacking, man. Get, get strike uh, one, and then we'll go from there. You know? Exactly. And I, I don't know if this is like an elephant in the room or not, but we got to address it. Like, was it a bummer a little bit that you had to have your debut in front of no fans at all during the pandemic? Yeah, it's a little bit. You know, yeah. it's definitely a different aspect of fans when you get up here. But I think to get my feet wet at the major league level for my first year with no fans, it's going to be a – a little more smoother than most guys have, you know, because they, they do play a big role in, in every game you go to. So, Not for sure. Um, but it's definitely going to help me. But I think next year when the fans start getting in, it'll be a little more, a little more adrenaline rush and a little more excitement out there. But right now it's, it's kind of mellow. You know, you can hear everybody talking, but it's yeah. still baseball, man. Do you get any fan anyway, interaction at all it. out there? Like whether it be like, I don't know, like social media or like people just seeing you in the street or anything like that. Like is there any fan interaction whatsoever over there like at this part of the year? A uh, little bit of social media, you know, people okay. have reached out a little bit, you know, congratulate me and stuff like that, you know, kind of tweeting at the Mariners, you know, when we win or we have a tough game, obviously, I love doing that. Um, but yes, totally. <laughs> as for, you know, interactions with fans, like face-to-face, now we're pretty much, we're secluded in our hotel rooms as the time being, you know, we're kind of being super safe about that stuff. Mm-hmm. They got some pretty good restrictions on us, but now, man, the streets are kind of empty right now. Hopefully, if we start, we get on a roll here, they'll, uh, they'll start coming out and we can open man. the bars up and get some fans out there. 
I figured it was like that, but that, that's such a bummer. But and like kind of along yeah. the lines of like being secluded, like what was the rest of the night like for you after your debut? Like, did you get to crack a beer open and celebration all whatsoever, or was it just all right, go to bed, more work tomorrow? No, no, no. We had a we had a couple of cold pops, uh, me and a few of the boys. You know, I don't that's I didn't think I slept till about three thirty, honestly. I couldn't <laughs> sleep, man. The the adrenaline was still pumping, but now we gotta relax a little bit, kinda hang out with each other and then and you just called her a night after after a few hours. And, and you keep in touch with anyone from MSU baseball still, whether it be Jake Boss or anyone else from the team, former teammates or anything like that. Yeah, uh, you know Graham Sykes. He's a guy who recruited me, and he, him, and my mom are super close. When um, you know I was going to school there, he would always check up on her. So he always he uh, drops a call every here and there. And then uh, Skylar Mead, who was a pitching coach when I was there, uh, my sophomore and junior, he's always got some advice for me after an outing or you know before an outing. Um, so I still text uh, Coach Boss, too. He's always giving me some um, some good feedback and everything. But a lot of the guys I'm still in touch with, Nick Van Vossen, Cam View, uh, Blake Salter, a lot of those guys I'm still talking to. So Cam View actually lives about 30 minutes from me back home. So we were hanging out a lot throwing this offseason, getting ready. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> you're from Anchor Bay, right? I won't forget. Yep, yep, right there. Gotcha. What was your travel? I, I just got to ask selfishly, what was your travel ball team? I played for the Anchor Bay Angels from about, okay. uh, I think I was 11 to about 14, 15. And that kind of just bounced around whatever team needed pitching or, you know, what, what have you. For sure. Yeah, I'm about two years, years older, so I wonder if we ever crossed paths. That, that's why I had to ask. But, yeah, Anchor Bay Angels definitely sounded familiar there. So that's, that's a solid travel team, too. They were always good in any tournament that we rolled up with the Anchor Bay Angels, for sure. Yeah, the, oh, man, that was, that was one of the best times of my life, uh, just playing travel ball, kind of getting that aspect, you know, getting used to it showing up every morning, Saturday and Sunday. So something I'll never forget. I still talk to those friends too. So it's crazy, man. And, and like, I, obviously as a kid, like you just love the game. You have super high passion for it, everything like that. Like, is, is that still there even today as a professional baseball player? Like, I know that oh. you, you don't hate the game, obviously, but like, is it still like everything for love of the game still, even with everything going on, whether it be like no fans? Oh, or absolutely, man. Okay. I was actually, I had a, I was talking to a, a sportscaster from MSU too. I've, Taylor Gadani, or I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but I was telling her, I was like a little kid. It feels like when you get out there, I love getting out to stretch about an hour early, you know, kind of take the shoes gotcha. off, take the socks off, run around, you know, kind of just stretch it out. It's awesome, man, especially doing it on a, on a big league ballpark like that. The grass is perfect. It's always perfectly trimmed. It's always looking pretty, man. I, I feel like a big kid, a 25-year-old kid out here running around. So, And you get an actual like, clubhouse to hang out in, too, which is pretty nice. It's not like a dirt dugout or anything like that. Like that, That's got to be pretty no, nice, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, and the bullpen seems are bad, too. You got a couple of cushions out there or oh, getting ready perfect. for the game. So <laughs> That's big time, man. Probably a little different than your minor league life, too, I would assume. It is. Yeah, I would say getting on your own charter plane is a little bit easier than taking a 12-hour bus trip anywhere across the country. Like I, I, I kind of I, like I try my best to put myself in the shoes of like minor league players that are taking busters or everything like that, and it seems fun in theory, but like the bus rides have to get old after a while, right? Like how how long before you're like, all right, I'm I'm kind of done with this bus life. Maybe the second one. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> right, that quick <laughs> depends how far you go. <laughs> I mean, the technically we got some pretty good travel, and then um, you know the PCL we don't we don't bus we fly, but the flights are absolutely brutal too. So. Gotcha. You know they're fun for a couple. You know you get a couple of long trips. You have you have some fun, play some games on the on the bus. But when you're driving at five o'clock in the morning, you don't get in until the next day. It's like, oh man, I think I'm good on these. And any idea the next time you're coming back home? Is it really just the end of the season? That, that kind of is what it has to be, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we're going to play until uh, hopefully October here. I think once we get on a roll and we start playing, we're playing some really good ball now. Once we find some yeah. more barrels and we put up a couple more zeros, I think we play until uh, into the playoffs. So hopefully mid-October is when I get back and kind of relax a little bit. For sure, man. And like, so as of now, uh, 1.4 innings pitch, six strikeouts. You got a very respectable whip of 1.15. Do you have any goals by the end of the season? Is it a numbers goal or is it something that even transcends numbers at all for you personally at the end of the year? Yeah, it's not really, you know, it kind of just transcends numbers, man. It's just kind of go out there and do my job every day, um, mm-hmm. execute each pitch to the best of my ability, really, you know. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about ERA. I just want to help my help my club win ball games right now, man. It's, it's fun to win up here. So as long as I go out and do that, I think we'll be in pretty good shape and the numbers should be uh, quite relative. I do like having the strikeout record. That's a fun one. Of course, so yeah, come on. Time, the walks are low, I think we'll be all right. I can't blame you at all, man. Well, yeah, hey, Anthony, I can't thank you enough for uh, sticking around and talking with me, uh, especially after one of your games today and in between games in the middle of a hectic season. So, Anthony, yeah, can't thank you enough for uh, for your time tonight, man. Really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. I appreciate the call, man. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. Definitely be rooting for the Mariners the rest of the season, man. No doubt. All right, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yep, take it easy and good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks so much to Anthony for joining us, uh, making some time. Always, we you know, we love seeing our Spartans successful out there. And it's, you know, it's Michigan State's not totally known as a, as a baseball school, but it's good to have uh, a representative in the MLB in Major League Baseball. There's been a, a handful of good Spartans that have had nice MLB careers, and we're, we're hoping Anthony can be the next one in that lineage. And, yeah, just... Uh, making it to that level is insane. The grind is insane. And just getting a, a cup of coffee in the bigs is a huge accomplishment. We hope he can stick it out and just keep on grinding and, and establish himself as a solid pitcher. So congrats to Anthony. Thanks so much for making some time. We'll be following uh, his career as it continues, hopefully to great success and very few earned runs. That's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh new full episode, uh, some big basketball recruiting news uh, coming down the pipe here, coming down the pike, doesn't matter, pike, pipe, doesn't matter, we've got some basketball news that is looking pretty good for your Spartans, we're going to talk about it here uh, on Friday's show, so tune into that, thanks so much for listening, reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, you can find Lockdown Spartans wherever you get your podcast. we'll talk to you tomorrow, go green.